0: Good morning, Calvary family. You're looking good and worshiping—well, most of you look good. And uh, you're praising the Lord well and uh, just enjoying the presence of the Lord. We're in our Discover the Holy Spirit series, and today we're going to be talking about how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you that, um, first and foremost, that um, I'm going to—with my level best, you see. Most of you know this. I grew up, in the beginning of my life, a Roman Catholic. Um, My dad was saved in an old-time Pentecostal church. I married a Methodist girl. And we have an interdenominational church that we're pioneered and pastored. I am a mutt. Um, We have 39 different denominations of people from their past that are members here at Calvary. Catholics. Presbyterians, Baptists, Methodists, heathens. Um, (laughs) One God, two God, three Gods. Uh, Seventh-day Adventists. It is a Mormon's... Um, We have people here today from many walks of faith in their past. But we come here today... Seeking the Lord Jesus Christ for our lives and a relationship with Him and with God's family, and I want to tell you that um, I'm very thankful for my heritage in Pentecost as as I grew up in that for a number of years. I'm grateful for some of the things I learned. Um, I uh, had many questions about that. Uh, there's still today some confusion. Some things not. I do appreciate that people wanted what God had for them and uh, I'm really thankful for my for my heritage Um, we didn't have it all figured out in old time Pentecost but we thought we did Um, we were sure that we were cut above everyone else we had a corner on God and everyone else was second-class now maybe that's not your experience and we never said that but we sure did feel that inside a little bit when God really gets with the rest of you you're gonna be like us. How many have ever felt like that in your own life? And yeah, there's a few honest people here. So um. I want to tell you as I've been growing, I see things where I begin to get revelation and understanding, and I've I've been wrong. I've been sincere. How many know you can be sincere and be sincerely wrong? And um I want also for you to realize something that we, Kathy and I started at Calvary when we first began this church. I still hold true to that today. That I want everything that God has for me. But more than seeking His gifts and seeking His things that He has for me, I want my heart postured to seek Him. Seek the Lord Jesus Christ. And all these other things can be added into my life appropriately if I'm seeking him. You know, if we get caught up in seeking, you know, it's kind of like my my boys. I got a son that's 16 now yesterday. And when my boys um, seek out a relationship with dad and they come up and give me a hug like they do every day and uh, just hang out with dad once in a while, it causes me Without them asking to want to share what I have with them it causes me to want to think up ways to bless them when they're in relationship with me and they're being obedient and they're going along with the plan of the house and they're doing their chores and they're picking up after themselves and they're being faithful young men and I see them worshiping God it causes me to want to minister and bless and share what I can with my boys. How many are getting this message? If they're not being obedient, I'm not as anxious to download them with french fries. And I would like to say to you that I do not in any way, shape, or form see myself as God in any way but i believe god is a father and when we seek our love relationship with him that he is anxious to empower with our empower us with what he has available if we're seeking if if all my boys is is they want dad so they can get what i got and they don't care anything about me uh it hurts it hurts and Because um, I want a relationship with my boys Because if we didn't have anything if we had a relationship we'd be okay Right If we had all everything the world has to offer and didn't have a love for each other in a relationship We're in a heap of trouble We as God's people can have a lot going for us when we seek the Lord For our lives Now I want to make this real simple We get The baptism of the Holy Spirit. When does the Holy Spirit come in? And can you get filled or not? Or what's this? And we get all these theological positions. And let me just cut through the chase and say, listen. The Spirit of God flows through my life. Many times in my life, I become empty. And I need Him to fill me back up. And when he fills me back up and i go and begin to do works for the lord and minister and i live life and i do the things that i need to do and this life and this world that we live in sometimes can kind of if you let it drain you down a little bit and i have to go back to the supply line and plug back in and get filled back up once in a while somebody said well you need to just stay plugged in well i want to disagree with you but um in practicality, somehow, some way, shape, or form, I, the, the plug gets pulled out once in a while, and I've got to go back and plug it in. And I need the power of the Lord, because if I try to do life, ministry, being a dad, being a husband, if I just try to do all that life brings me in my own strength, I get so dry— I'm capable of not treating people well I'm capable of not framing things up very well I'm capable of not having the mind of Christ I'm capable of a whole lot of things until I plug back in and let God fill me up and everything changes when the Spirit of God is full in my life now see I'm just cutting through all the theology here and I'm just getting real and practical with us right And I think you all can understand that if you need a drink of water once in a while, you might, a, you might need a drink of the Spirit of the living God. And so I want to pr- hopefully put this in a way where you're not sitting there trying to disagree with me. Did you know some people go to services like that trying to figure out how they can disagree with somebody? They really get ministered to. I am grateful for sponges here that are, have open hearts. I'm also for grateful for people that can think and, and challenge me and love me enough to hold me accountable. Because I want to study and show myself approved, a workman rightly dividing the word of truth. I take this so, so seriously. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the time we have today to learn of your Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Matthew, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And I thank you, Lord, for hunger. God, thank you for the hunger that I have for you, but to be honest, sometimes I'm not as hungry for you as I need to be. I get hungry for other things. So, Lord, we even pray for hunger. That we would hunger for More of you than anything else. A hunger for your presence in our lives. A hunger for not just your gifts, but you. And with you comes everything that we need because we can lay ourselves at the foot of the cross and trust that you have that Father God knows best what we need. So we thank you for your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. We're doing something a little bit different today on your app. We've already downloaded the outline, and the outline is extended from the slides today. So if you are one of those Calvary QC app people, you have an advantage today. And uh, I just wanted to mention that to you as we dive in pretty hard and fast. I just took a pretty long introduction. To be honest, I feel like I could really walk off this platform right now. And some of the things that God's wanted me to share with you has already been said. But you know me better than that. I, I can't stop now. I haven't had my quota of words for the day. You know, preachers have so many words they have to say or they go home and explode. So, ask my wife, what is the difference from being baptized with the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit? Baptism in the Spirit refers to the time that the Holy Spirit first came and made his home in your heart. This is when you receive the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit occurs when we turn to God and we focus on Him. This occurs countless times after our baptism with the Spirit and should it be a daily occurrence. How many times is a person baptized with the Holy Spirit? I would say once. How many times is a person filled with the Holy Spirit? I would say in simplest forms, countless times. When does baptism with the Holy Spirit take place? And I believe that it's at our conversion when Jesus Christ becomes the Lord of your life. What happened when you were baptized with the Holy Spirit? Did you cry? Were you happy? Did you speak in tongues? Was your life changed? What happened? Did something happen that you maybe didn't even understand at the moment, but God was changing you? Since then, how many times have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? What was that like? What happened on these occasions when, when, you, when you went to God and you just pulled away from the cares of the world and you spent time with Him and His Word or in prayer or just just worshiping him with a worship song and just making sure that you spend a little bit of time getting yourself into the presence of God. And sometimes if you're like me, it's a struggle because the cares of the world are pressing down upon us. Sometimes when I go into worship here, even with you as a congregation, as a pastor, sometimes I'm sitting there and I'm not into it because I'm sitting there wishing you were into it more. And while I'm wishing you were into it more, I'm not. Sometimes I'm thinking about 47 other things and then I have to just kind of shake myself and say, get with the program there, PT. Sometimes it's hard to shut off the world for a minute, isn't it? Did you acquire a new did you acquire a new gift? Did you express the fruit of the spirit when God touched you and ministered to you with his power and filled you? How did God's spirit manifest himself in you? Were you transformed? Was this a lasting change? Did you feel renewed? Was there lasting sticking power? Does it come and go a little bit? How do we need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit? When we're not filled with the Spirit, I would say we're vulnerable to the devil's strategies, to his schemes. God is like a flowing river. If we don't want to dry up, we need to be open to let God flow in. And God doesn't run out of his power and his spirit and his gifts. It's not like my son, sometimes, you know, I I bless them and now I'm running low. And they seem to be eating quite a bit these days. But do we realize God's supply doesn't run out? And when he gives gifts to somebody else, it's like, shucky darn, they got them and now I'm not going to get, no, it don't work that way. like that picture last week that i showed you when i keep pouring the pitcher out the pitcher runs out but with God's spirit in that pitcher he keeps pouring and it's always full he never runs out if there's a message in tongues with a public church in a public church service so right now if the spirit of the lord was hovering and moving in such a way that we could sense god was going to do something special and there became a quiet spot and a, an a opportunity of, of God's order for somebody to give a message in tongues. Now, that's a little different than just having a prayer language. This is a special gift where there would be a message in tongues and somebody would give that message in our service. And some of you would love that to happen. Some of you don't know for sure what you would think about it. Some of you might be tempted to run for the doors. But if it was God, pastors, should there be an interpretation if there's a message in tongues to the whole congregation? And the answer would be yes. Are there times in our private prayer times when we may have a prayer language that God gives us that's not in our native tongue, not in our English or our first language, and we would... Be praying in a language that we didn't, with our mind, understand it. Does there have to be interpretation then? And the answer would be no. This is your private prayer when you talk to God with your prayer language and your mind doesn't understand. This prayer will build you up in the Lord and edify you. Paul also said that when he prays in tongues that his mind is unfruitful. Now listen to this because I'm going to give you a little bit of biblical understanding here that I realize many of you know and many of you don't know because I've had so many tell me in the last few weeks since we started this series, thank you pastor, I have never been taught on this in my life. And so I just do my best To share with you in a very real and practical way, Paul said when he prayed, the Apostle Paul in tongues, that his mind was unfruitful. In other words, the Holy Spirit tongue really doesn't have anything to do with your mind. When we intercede and we pray and we praise the Lord and we usually meditate on the subject that we're thinking about and we're praying about that in our English language... We're praying with our mind, our hearts engaged, and we're praying and we're attempting to pray the right prayer and the will of the Lord. And we're interceding and we're praying and we're praising God. That's for our understanding. That's good. And our mind is understanding when we pray that way. But Paul says when it comes to praying in the Spirit, our mind is not understanding. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 Jesus explained this when he said in John 7, 38, out of our innermost being. What is our innermost being? And to be honest, there's different ideas about that. But we know now from the first message, the soul is inside our body. Our spirit is inside our soul. It's spirit, soul, and body. From that deep inner part of our being, that innermost being will flow rivers of living water, which Jesus spoke of the Spirit. And since the day of Pentecost, that endowment of power began to come to God's people. The Bible clearly tells us that there are things that we should be praying about that we don't know of. Now that kind of messes with us, don't it? That there are things you and I need to be praying about and interceding to the father that we don't know of That'll make you scratch your head All right, go home and pray about everything you don't know about It's hard to wrap your mind around that why because your mind don't get it So what do we do? Let me give you a scripture on the screen romans chapter 8 26 and 27, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Oh God, help us get this this morning. Lord, let this elevate us as a church body. Let your Spirit, Lord, let us receive your word. Not anything that's not of you, but whatever is of you, let us reach out and grasp this. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So, man, I don't know. I feel the anointing of God right here this morning. There's just such a heavy anointing in this room right now. Do you sense that? since the lord speaking to us so we can pray and praise the lord in english and we can pray and praise him in the spirit about things we don't know about that is possible when we pray many times we don't know exactly what we need and we need to be thankful that god we need to be thankful god doesn't give us everything we ask for It might destroy us or our ministry or our family. Sometimes we don't know how to pray. Now, see, I understand that this message this morning in some ways goes against the whole culture of of our smart society today of highly intellectual, mind-educated people. And we're crossing over here into something that says we don't know but the spirit that lives within us does and we're good. That's a humbling thing That put your mind out of control and put the heart of God in charge. It says we need somebody who can help us. And that somebody is the Spirit of the living God. Somebody who knows what we need before we even ask. Even though we need to ask. Who knows what we need. Who knows what we need. Who knows what you need. Who knows what you need better than anyone else. The Holy Spirit. He's the comforter. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit... God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit. What are words that define the Holy Spirit? Well, the Bible says he's the comforter, he's the teacher, and he's the revealer. He reveals things to us. Could we define the Holy Spirit by this definition on the screen? The third person of the Trinity who exercises, and somebody said, Well, the Trinity is not in the Bible. Somebody told me last week, yeah, but um, the oneness movement, oneness isn't in the Bible either. So, so there. (laughs) Say, Pastor, are you telling me you don't totally understand the Godhead? Well, I think I got a grip on it and everyone else is messed up. Here's what I do know. One God. We have one God. Are you Trinitarian? As far as I can tell. Yes. As far as I can tell. I'm Trinitarian. I believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And I believe in one God. That's all I got. Stop fussing about it. Let's move on. So let's define the Holy Spirit by this definition. The third person of the Trinity who exercises the power of the Father and the Son in creation and redemption. Now that's in your app and you'll probably have to think about that a little while. But the more I think about it, the more it sets into me pretty good. In the book of Acts, we find accounts of people receiving the fullness, or infilling, or baptism in the Holy Spirit, and this is on your app. I'm going to fly through this right now. Um, it's on your outline in your app. Acts 2:4, Acts 8:14 through 25, Acts 9:17 through 20, Acts 10:44 through 48, and Acts 19:1 through 7. I want to give you quickly, really fast, you just have to listen. You won't be able to take notes on this. Just get it in the app if you can. If you can't, have somebody else print it for you or I'll be glad to. Five factors are noticeable when people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Number one, an overwhelming of God's presence felt by all who were present. Listen to this. Five factors are noticeable when people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. These are things that I could... Stand up here and feel like I could tell you that we can land on these things together, wherever you are, whatever your bias is. Number two, an evident change in the lives of the disciples who were filled. Their lives were changed. Can't deny it. Third, the experience became the thrust for the growth of the church as daily in the temple and in every house they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ Acts 5.42. Number four, the immediate evidence in three of the five accounts that we have in the Bible was speaking in tongues or a different language. Acts 10.46. And the fifth thing, the ultimate purpose of this experience was empowered witnessing. Acts 1.8. And a deeper dimension of Christian commitment for the achievement of joy. Ephesians 5.19. Oh, do we need joy? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Some of you are here right now, and you need to be filled with His Spirit. If for nothing else, you need some joy in your life. Gratitude, Ephesians 5.20. Humility, Ephesians 5.21. And fruitfulness, Galatians 5.22 and 23. Now, if we study the Old Testament stories we'll find out that sometimes the enemies of God were defeated because the Israelites knew their enemy's secret in advance. Now, now let, me, let me take a moment down this trail. Daniel 2.28 lets us know that there's a God in heaven who reveals secrets. I want to tell you what the Holy Spirit has been revealing to me of late. And here's here's an interesting thing. What I sense the Holy Spirit wanting to do in your life and in mine in this house and this church. As soon as I begin to sense what God is wanting and desiring to do. It would seem in the natural in my mind and what I could see and the senses that I have and some of the struggles going on around me. It would seem that what God is speaking to me and what is is polar opposites. It seems like the Lord began to speak this to my heart and my life, what he's planned for your life, your families, this church, this house. And then all of a sudden it seems like the devil's throwing all a hell against what I sense God's wanting to do. And there becomes this war within me. It's like, what am I going to believe? What I can see? What I can feel? What seems to be so in my face? Or am I going to believe what I sense the Lord is speaking to me by his spirit? Whose report will I believe? Cuz I want to tell you there's some time I'm not trying to overstate something that's what preachers do sometimes. There are times in my life where I feel like all hell's coming against me. And against your life in this house, as we do everything to go forward in a vision and strength and power and plant churches and develop lives and disciple young people and minister to hearts and, and, and be mission minded and help ministries that we are a relationship with all around this world. And it seems as though the battle is hot and heavy at times. Does anybody relate to me at all? And I pray, and the Spirit of the Lord says we're on the verge of a spiritual explosion, a financial explosion of blessings so that we can do, that God is going to resource us to do His plan, that this is a time to dig in and to give like we've never given before, and I'm not raising an offering right now. That's not what this is about. One of our elders who we were in prayer with yesterday said, you know, When we don't give, we're we're hurting ourselves. But when we're filled with the Spirit, I believe we connect with these things. And I believe when we're filled with the Spirit, obeying the Lord becomes so much, if I could use the word, easier. Because then the cares of the world can't shout us down. When you're filled with God... We'll love the people in our life, and our focus will be on the Lord. And then sacrifice, even, will be okay. In fact, it's part of the part of our life that we would be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. We learn from the scriptures that the baptizer is none other than Jesus himself. John the Baptist said this in Matthew 3.11. I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone, John the Baptist says, someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slaves and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Oh, I'll take some spirit, but I don't know about that fire. (laughs) Jesus stood on the mountain and said, I'm going to leave you now for I'm going to send you a comforter. John 16, 7. Jesus said, I got to go. But if I go, I'll not leave you comfortless. I'll not leave you without strength and power, but I got to go so greater things can ye do. More of the same, everything that Jesus did now, his spirit, his power lives inside every one of us who are the redeemed of the Lord. And now we all get to do what Jesus did while he was on the earth. We all get to be ambassadors for Christ and we have the authority to use the name of Jesus in our lives. Well, Pastor, you're kind of preaching a little bit beyond religion here. You're taking this a little further than I'm used to. I I like the nice, sweet message here. Let's have a little religion, a little yay God, a little holy, holy, and see you next week. You're, You're telling me that I believe that stuff, I might be deemed fanatical. You you know what a fanatic is, don't you? A fanatic is someone who loves God more than you do. (laughs) Now, I've saw a lot of lack of wisdom in my life with so-called fanatics. But I want to tell you some of the so-called fanatics in my life I've needed. Because left to myself, without relationships with people who are more in tune with God than I am, I've needed them in my life to stretch me, to grab a hold of me, to speak into my life, to minister to my heart. To be honest, I've needed to learn how to deal with some of their fanaticisms and be godly. Because people sometimes don't worship God the way I do. Thank God. We need each other. Some of you are a little wild and crazy, the quiet ones need some people with a little life in their bones. And the people that are a little wild and crazy need the quiet ones. We need each other. We really do need each other. As long as God's getting the glory and we're not bringing all the attention to ourself, that's where it gets messed up and convoluted. So it's supernaturally natural to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If we're Christians and we're born again, then Jesus, I'm going to say this because I, I believe it in my understanding of this. And I have poured over this, as you can tell in my own heart and spirit, I have poured myself over this. Jesus wants to endue his believers with his Holy Spirit. Jesus says in Luke eleven ten, 10, for everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds; and to everyone who knocks the door will be open." Jesus did not say if we're worthy, we'll receive. Thank God. He did not say if we're holy, we'll receive. He said for those who will ask, we'll receive. Jesus went on to say in Luke eleven, eleven through 13, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if you ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? We'll receive what we ask for. Ask for bread, we'll get bread. Ask for the Holy Spirit, we'll get the Holy Spirit. If you'll ask for the evidence of speaking in tongues and having a prayer language, I believe you'll get it. I don't know exactly when. I've prayed for people the last time we ministered on this. I prayed for people many did not receive at that moment. I have stopped doing... When I was a young person and they prayed for me, I, I kid you not... Uh, They got me on the floor, and some wonderful big guy straddled me on the floor and began to slap my jaws and tell me to say anything that wasn't English. I'm, I'm not lying. I'm not lying. And I want to tell you, these were sincere people. These were loving, god-fearing, sincere people that loved God with all their heart and they wanted me to get it. And if God didn't give it to me, they were going to help him out. And you know, this may sound weird. I'm thankful. I'm I'm not bitter about it. I'm thankful. These were men and women of God doing their level best, to be honest. We've gone so far the other way. It's called hungry. Hungry. I got so much more to share this morning. I don't have the time. I got so much more on my heart. Peter saw Jesus walking on the water. He said, Jesus, you have the power to let me walk on water. Say the word. I'm going to walk on it. I'm coming to you. Jesus was pleased and he said, come on, Peter. And Peter now took the truth of the power of Jesus and translated into action. Peter had to act on faith. Please listen to this because I want to tell you how to be filled with the Holy Spirit here. I don't have a formula. I don't mean it that way. Jesus put his, his feet down on the water and he started, and when Jesus spoke the word of authority, the water became hard under Peter's feet. Now, now, we like to go on sometimes with the rest of the story and said he got his eyes off Jesus and he plundered, and I get it, and he did. But you know what the big picture for me is the big part of the story? What the headline is for me? Peter walked on water. If we, this morning, will give Jesus a childlike faith and pray, and if I could say it this way, be foolish enough with what's not intelligible in our minds, God will fill us. Some of you, I pray for, and you have a prayer language today. You didn't receive it in the altar. But when you were sleeping, I've had many reports saying, Pastor, I woke up praying in an unknown tongue. Some of you have been giving a... You're looking at a guy right here that there is no possible way I could stand before you and preach. If you knew me when I was a boy, there's no way. But I believe with all my heart that God filled me with his spirit and gave me power to do what I could not do to to get up here and be vulnerable and to preach to you and to try to just be flat out sincere and honest and I'm not polished I'm not professional I'm just me is something that would be so beyond the shy little boy that grew up rolling his t-shirt up with nerves and biting his fingernails down till they bled scared to death of people getting beat up, the last kid to get picked on the ball team because I was the biggest and ugliest, and finally it come down to the last guy and said, okay, Bowman, you go on his team. But when the Holy Spirit (laughs) filled me, it gave me power to do what I could not do. And the same Jesus that baptized me with the baptism of love and of power and authority has that for everyone here today. I don't know if you'll all speak in tongues or not. Here's what I do know. The power to be able to speak in tongues when you're baptized is in you to do it. When that manifest is between you and God, I take my hands off of it. I want to just tell you, if I'm your pastor, if I'm your pastor, I love you and I'm praying that everyone in this this house, every young person, every old person, every middle-aged person, every single, every married, every student, every child, I'm praying that you will be filled. With the baptism of the holy spirit and then refilled and then refilled again and then refilled again and refilled again and refilled again could i just stop and pray for you right where you are i don't want to make this a a show in any way shape or form sometimes i like to lay hands on people and i do believe in laying hands on people And the disciples did that, and they were filled. You see, there's other times, say, how could you wake up? I, I learned this in prayer meeting this week. I never thought of it before. And I used to wonder, how could people wake up praying in tongues when they weren't seemingly asking and they weren't doing it? They were sleeping, and they wake up with this gift God gives them. And someone said this week, Pastor, your spirit doesn't sleep. Your body does. Your soul does, but your spirit doesn't sleep. Sometimes if you go to sleep praising and worshiping God, your body goes out. Sometimes it's the best time for your spirit to connect with God because you're finally giving your body and soul a break and shutting them off so the spirit of God can keep working in your heart. We're so busy with the cares of this life. God loves you so much he wants to find an entrance into your life to connect spirit to spirit. How many here today need this message? How many needed this message? Did this speak to your heart? If you want to be filled or refilled, just stand where you are. Just stand right where you are. Just stay right there. I'm going to pray for you. If you want to be filled or refilled right now. Now this is about the time where most of my life I start telling people to pray anything that's not English and say anything that's not English and I start having a big formula and I, after a prayer meeting this week and some godly people in my life and we prayed about this I don't know, I just felt like God said I don't need to do all that. Just let God be God. I don't know about you. I, I think I know about you. I don't want anything that's not of the Lord. If this is God. I'll tell you what mess with you. We got Baptist folks around here that were taught against this stuff and woke up one night speaking in tongues. That messed with you. I, I've probably made this somewhat too much about tongues. Don't miss it. It's not all about tongues. There's many spiritual gifts that God wants to endue His people with. Don't you ever let anybody tell you if you don't pray in an unknown tongue, you're a second-class Christian. That's a lie. But I also I want to tell you, if you ask me straight up, Pastor, do do you believe that God has these spiritual gifts for me that are recorded in the Bible? I would say yes he does and he will give them to you as he wills and our job is to ask our job is to go to God and seek him more than the gifts but ask and see what God will do well pastor what if I don't seem to get it right away that's called faith we walk in faith Not by sight. You just lift your hand with me to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus. You know, I feel like you ought to pray with me. Would you just repeat this prayer, but make it from your heart and say, Lord Jesus. Help me love you more, Lord. Just stay plugged into the power. Fill me with your spirit. With your power. All that you have for me, Lord, move into my life in such a great way that I recognize that I'm living my life led by your spirit, empowered by your spirit, led by the spirit of God. Thank you, Lord. I believe. And I receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's, let's sing this song together. Come on, let's sing.